I I just got really fired up watching Twitter during that game, <laughs> I have to say. So, yeah, yeah I, I might be opinionated. Good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think we're ready to get started. What do you guys think? Yeah. Sounds yeah. Good. Okay, so five, four, Let's do this. three, two, and one. <laughs> Hello, world, is a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the happy hour. It is uh, April the 5th. Um, we just watched uh, game 81 with the Habs versus uh, whoever it was, the Red Wings. And uh, yeah, we're going to do a little bit of some post-game stuff and also talk about some of the news in the past week, as we always do. Um, as you can hear, we have a special guest today. <laughs> Uh, in the name of Angus, whom is Ashley's cohort. Sorry. Say hi, Angus. I thought he'd just fill in for me this week. Aww. He's going to say his hockey opinion. Well, I'm sure it's going to be very insightful, too, because Angus watches every game. He really does. Even when you're not there. And he has a slight resemblance to Carey Price. Hmm, so hmm. They're yeah. both pretty badass, that's for sure. Yeah. Awesome. So, uh, well... Uh, yeah, uh, my name is David Auger, I am at MetalDave01, and I am joined, of course, as always, with Veronica. Hi! Beth. Hello! And, as we just spoke, Angus. Uh, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't make him talk on demand, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I'm here, too. Nah, nah, Angus is, of course, um, joined and uh, loved by Ashley, who is also with us. That's true. And us. Yes, and we love us, Angus. And us everyone and everyone else Angus. on Twitter. <laughs> so let's see here. Um, some great things uh, to talk about. Um, of course, the Habs won uh, the game against Detroit uh, tonight. And um, that did not help the tank. But at the same time, we're talking about <laughs> two percentage points lost. Or maybe three uh, when it comes to the lottery. But like the final say in all this is that it is a lottery. And True facts. It. Um, now, granted, there are games uh, still to play. Uh, it's a bit of a battle. When? Exactly. For the Habs, yeah. It's, but tonight, uh, there's still some games going on. A bit of a battle for the basement, as it were, between Vancouver and Arizona, which is going on as we're recording. If anything cool happens, I'll probably mention it. But um, as it stands right now, uh, Habs are fifth, uh, have the fifth best lottery chances. So that's fine. I am not um, all that, you know, mad about it because picking top 10 is fine. That's okay by me. Well, and here's yeah. the thing with everybody rooting to tank is that I just, I can't wrap my head around rooting against my team in any form. Um, like, I, you know that Habs game predictor that you can fill out to get Club 1909 points every game? Oh, yeah. I fill it out every single game and I have never once predicted that the Habs will lose. Because I can't go into a game and because I chose for them to lose and I'd get more points if they lose, be trying to root for them to lose. I can't wrap my head around trying to cheer on a team to lose. Like I am a fan of this team because I support them and that's what I'm going to do no matter what. So I can't, I don't, I don't understand the whole tanking concept personally. So... I'm really excited that they won tonight, and I'm really excited for a win against the Leafs on Saturday. Oh, and there are some good parts about this um, game tonight, too, that we should talk about when we get a chance. But how about uh, Veronica and Beth? Any, uh, any takes on the tanking? I have one more I want to throw in, but what do you guys um, have to say? 
Like I'm you torn. First, Beth. Okay. Um, I'm torn. Part of me, it's to it's it's easy to jump on the tank train hashtag, um, and just like the idea that if the team does badly, then there's a slightly better chance that we'll get a better pick, and maybe this better this this person that we get a we could pick will mesh well idealistically with all these young people that we've got playing on the team. Well, that the Habs, I don't play on the team, but that the Habs have playing on the team. (laughs) And it's just part of it is um, this, oh, this could happen if the team does well with these last, I mean, does poorly with these last few games. But I, like Ashley, I also want to see the team that I love do well. I get really excited when people score goals. I get really excited when they win games. Like, yes, it's the second to last game of the season and they're not going to the playoffs and we don't get to see them play after April. But I love this team. I love to see them do good things. So it's it's a 50-50 for me. Like I want the team to get a good pick, but I also want them to not just give up and lose. Like we've seen Brendan Gallagher just be amazing the whole season like he hasn't given up on the team so why should i give up on the team kind of thing exactly very cool i agree with that and i also i I, well i i agree with wanting the team to get a good pick but uh, it's not a 50 50 for me when i watch them like i was thinking about it um i was thinking about it last week actually when we were watching when we were watching, everybody was watching the game, or most people were watching the game. I think it was on Saturday or Sunday, where um, the there was tons of empty seats in the in the Bell Center, and I was just thinking, you know what? I'm going to stop thinking about the empty seats, and I'm going to think about the people that are that are there in their seats. And I think about that, like I think every single time. We've known for months that this is not happening this year for the Habs. And I still rush home to watch them. And I still love when they score. And I still, like, it's like, if it's if it was my kids, if it was my kids on a team that sucked and they always lost, would I stop going? No. Would I stop wanting them to win? Because they want to win. The players want to win. Oh, my mom That's would. what they're, Jeez. you know? Oh. <laughs> Why am I bringing you to these games, Dave? You're not playing hard enough. I'm like, oh no, it's so hard. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw it. <laughs> but but well, I I think she sounds really cool, and I I look forward to hopefully meeting her in oh, the yeah, very near very future. Cool. We'll get However, <laughs> I don't share her sentiment. Um, <laughs> like. I can't watch them and, and want them to lose. Like you talk about them tonight. Like I was just listening to the post game show and I, I, I was telling David, I can't recall, or I, I didn't catch what player it was that made the comment, but he was just like, it's great. It's great to get the season sweep. It's great to win. And it's great to, you know, it's great to be in here after a game that we've won instead of having everybody be upset. Like it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. And I had a follower heads. for a time in the summer. It's a bit of a long story, which I won't get into, but um, she was always asking me, who's your favorite player? Who's your favorite player? And I was like, I didn't even understand the question. Like, what do you mean? Who's my favorite player on my team? Like, I love them all. 
like I know I have the reputation because of the 100 Days of Weber that, you know, Shea Weber is my favorite player. I love Shea Weber, but he's not my favorite. I don't have a favorite. I feel like you know, my favorite you, changes every game. There's always a different yeah. reason to mm-hmm. love a different player every game yeah. to show you a new reason why you should love them. Yeah. And that's why yeah. we watch in the first place. It's very true. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and for myself with the tanking, uh, to me it's a win-win. I mean, if the Habs win, that's awesome. You know, I watched I watched the games uh, pretty much for the reasons all you guys um just said. I want to see good plays. I want to see chemistry. I want to see the players having fun. Um, number one, the guy that was probably having the most fun tonight, Nicholas Flippin' Delorier. <laughs> Love that guy. And, um, so do I. I wanted to double check mm-hmm. um, one of the things I heard on the broadcast, and they were saying that um, last year with the Sabres, Nick had zero goals. And with the Habs, he has 10. He reached that plateau and has a fourth line yep. of himself, 10 you know, goals. And it's not for nothing. He had some great, you know, those two goals he scored were great goals. Like the second one especially was a no-look, you know, wrister. It was, was great. Oh, what a his, piece of work that was. It was so His awesome. almost <laughs> third goal was equally amazing, yes. even though it was not a goal, but it still would have been the closing, pretty fantastic. The closing seconds there. Yeah, I saw that. He was right there, and both Bartlett and Johnson were like, oh, wow, that was close. And even Delorier was, was like, ah, man, come on, Coro. I have an awful lot of thoughts on Nicholas Delorier, if you would like me to share them at this present time. Oh, we shall in just a moment. <laughs> of course. Uh, I was just saying that, um, yeah, just uh, with the draft <laughs> and whatnot, I think it'll be cool if the Habs can get another uh, great player in. Um, I mean, right now, like I was saying before, uh, they're sitting at fifth, which means if the lottery is very bad for them, the worst that they can do at this present time is eighth. But again, like I said before, if they're picking top ten, that's okay with me. If they get Top three, though, whew, that's a different team next year. Like Darlene, um Svechnikov, and whoever the heck the other guy is, uh, another winger. But either way, it's it's cool either way. Winning, losing, tanking, playoffs, it's it's all good for me. Get to watch my favorite another, team play. If it's another winger, maybe we can put him at center and see what happens. Oh, speaking of, that's going to segue into another topic, <laughs> I think. <laughs> all right, what do we want to do next? Did we want uh, Ashley to share her thoughts on Nicolas Delorier? Because I have some too. Nicolas. I think I think this is a good chance to talk about him since he had such an awesome game. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kind of going off what you were saying there, Dave, they also mentioned the broadcast. So not only did he have zero goals last year, in the 240 games or something like that he played with Buffalo, he had 12 goals. Oh, um, over his so whole, then, yes. Yes. Yeah, so to jump up to 10 in this single season with Montreal, I just think um, I'm sure you're going to hear from a lot of people that, oh, he's never going to be able to replicate that. It's never going to happen again. Um, but I'm pretty sure we all said that same thing about Byron last year. And I'm pretty sure he just did it again this year. Yes. So, and I mean, I look at the way Dale Weiss played when he was here in Montreal as well, right? So, I mean, he hasn't been able to replicate that outside of Montreal, but um, I think there's something to be said for um, players coming into a team that they love in a Mm -hmm. city and arena that loves them um, and a team that gives them the time and the space and the, the confidence to say, go out there and show us what you can do 
and they live up to it. I think that's a, a big thing that gets underrated is that mental aspect of he, we ha- we believe in you. Here's here's the players we're going to put you with, and here's your your specific role, and this is what we're going to count on you for. And it makes them shine. I feel like these these kind of role players. Um, and I think Delory is a pretty special player in the fact that. I mean, it's been a narrative for the Habs for years that they need to be tougher to play against and they need to be a little bit grittier and that kind of thing. And I know the league's moving more towards speed, but there still needs to be that physical aspect to a game, so to speak. But you you can't have that at the expense of actually playing hockey. So I think he's a really nice mix of a guy who can bring that toughness and bring those hits and take away those pucks, but he also can do something with it once he gets it away from that other player. So... I'm really excited to what he's shown us this year, and I hope he gets the same chance next year because I fully believe he can show us the same thing again and play a really key role um, for the Habs in his in his capacity. I agree. And don't forget that he came in... I was first. (laughs) So you didn't Um, interrupt. It's okay. I didn't interrupt. Okay, we're going to talk about this after the podcast. Don't forget forget that he came in... Obviously, with um, the bad record in, in Buffalo, and obviously the, the the whole choice to bring him in was mocked widely in Montreal. But he he he. There's a there's a big narrative that goes on in Montreal about francophone players and the focus on francophone players yes. and why do we need players who speak French and why is that a priority and everything else. I don't think it's that. I think it's that they are looking for people who grew up loving the CH and understanding mm-hmm. what it means to wear that sweater. And that was Dale Weiss. Mm-hmm. And that and that is Nicolas De- Delorier. He said, he had the famous quote when he first got brought up. He said, I'm going to make them rip this sweater off me. I love it. I'm, 100%. You know? Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's still, like, he's signed his contract, and he's still going out there in a quote-unquote lost season where nothing matters, and actually what we're trying to do is lose, and he's going out there like he's playing for his life every night. Yeah, the guy's so, a bear. Mm-hmm. Keeping this in mind, when my son and I went to watch the Canucks game in December, which was the first game that Shea Weber decided not to play, oh. which was <laughs> it was awful. Um, so... We were watching him, and I, I just kept, it was my first time watching him live in the same arena, and I was like, holy sh- shit, you can be bleep that later. But I was telling my son, I said, keep bleep. your eye on number. Come on. <laughs> I just told him, I said, keep your eye on number 20. And he's like, what? I'm like, just keep your eye on number 20. Every time he's out there, just watch number 20. And he was like, oh my God. And you know what? That night in Vancouver was the other night that he got two goals in a game. Wow. Awesome. Good and goal. he was just he was just an animal on oh, the he ice. Is. And this is some somebody that I don't think he's gonna drop off next year. I don't I like I mean, perhaps the goal total might not be the same, but his level of play is not gonna drop off. And honestly, I feel like the only reason why his goal total might drop off is because he's not gonna have the exact same line mates that he has right. had this season, just because injuries or ice this time. year exactly mm-hmm. have, have kind of elevated um, that a little bit for him. But otherwise, I totally agree. He's going to give you the exact. He's a, he's quite similar to Brendan Gallagher. He's going to give you that same effort every single night. 
For sure. Correct. And, um, yeah. The thing I wanted to supplement what Ashley was saying before is that <clears throat> Nicholas Delorier's uh, uh, career with the Sabres spanned four seasons. That's four wow. seasons with 12 goals in total over four seasons, which is pretty much four years playing pro hockey. And now with um, uh, Le Canadien, he plays, you know, one year, 57 games, 10 goals. Mm-hmm. And that's a big that's something that you can't scoff. Um, does Beth have any, anything to say about our beloved Nicholas Delorier? <laughs> or Nicolas Delorier? Nicolas. Um, <laughs> it's just like and I love Angus. watching him play. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Angus very much seems to be a fan of he Delorier, loves Delorier, as I like to oh, call yeah. him. <laughs> you got to get Angus a uh, Delorier uh, kitty jersey. I've been trying that to get me so a cute. Delorier shirt for a long time, and Tricolor Sports is not tweeting me back. Oh. I'll tweet at them. We just have to, like, mass tweet. Well, funny story. <laughs> I, got me a Condon shirt, so. I, um, I bothered Tricolor Sports uh, when um when Plucky was traded, and I wanted to get one of the turtlenecks, but they only had mediums left, and I you know, sent them a, a direct message that said, hey, I'm looking for a small try to help me out here and then like two days later like we put one small on the website for you and i was like click 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 click, click. thank you <laughs> so now i have two which is great <laughs> but still but yeah i don't know that was a thing tricolor is very good uh we are also are not good. we are also not sponsored by tricolor but we love them we're not there yes. but if they'd like to to, um, we would welcome with, their sponsors. We would free welcome, of course. S'il vous plaît. We would wear all of the <laughs> things. <laughs> <laughs> On peur. <laughs> ah. I'll just say s'il vous plaît because my French is. <laughs> Je parle un peu français. Whenever I notice uh, Delorier on the ice, it's always good. I don't, I can't, there's probably, I mean, he's probably done something then like, oh no, but I can't remember everything that I have, can think of recently seeing him on the ice. It's been beautiful. I'm like, look at him go. When I saw him at like at the top line at practice um, the other day, I was like, look at this, look at him. And I, I was just really, I was really proud and excited for him. Um, and I, I really I just I'm excited to see what he does next season. I'm excited to see what they do, what the what the coaches do with him, um, and I hope that they recognize his hard work and his what he's capable of, and decide to keep him around and do good things with him. Um, I also I didn't I am I I still even though I'm almost seven years in I still call myself a baby hockey fan because I'm still learning a lot, and I was looking up something about Delore earlier today, and I did not realize that he played. For Buffalo, like I thought he was, a, I thought he was a kid. I really thought he was a kid. He's older than I am by a year, but still, he's older than I am. I had no idea. Um, Is that because and... I keep calling him a kid on Twitter? No, I think it's just <laughs> it's just me because wasn't he wasn't he on the rocket earlier in the season or has he been? Yeah, up? he was. Yeah, he was. Yeah. I think and, part of it, he was he was on the rocket. And in fourteen games, he had three goals. In the rocket on the rocket. Yep. Oh, nice. I have his uh, hockey what do you TV know? up. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking at everything. Just <laughs> no worries, worries. I think it's it's just that he was he was he was called up from the rocket, and that I didn't know. Basically, I didn't know he existed before he was on the Habs because I didn't really follow Buffalo that much. I was like, oh, they have that guy that I don't want to talk about. Um, mm-hmm. And then, 
Rasmus Ristolainen, whose name I just like to say. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know about Buffalo, and I didn't know about Delore, and then we got him. The Habs got him, and I was like, okay, this kid. But he's he's not a kid, but I'm just – he just like the way he goes after the game, the whole game, just reminds me a lot of Brendan Gallagher, who I love and adore. And I think that's why I enjoy watching him so much is just that – He's so tenacious. And yeah. Great word. Perfect we like word, word for him. For we, we like DeLaurier. Mm-hmm. A was, lot. When I was at the uh, the Bell Center over the weekend, uh, you know, they have like the big. <gasps> that was great. Oh my God. It was mind blowing. <laughs> but they had, um, I forget in what section it was, but you know, at, at some parts of the Bell Center, they just have these huge wall. Um, uh, pictures of some of the players and one of them is Delorier and I swear to god he looks like a <gasps> Kodiak bear on that picture I'm like oh my god so I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous podcast but I actually used to work with uh like a member of De- Delorier's family but it's like extended family but she and I worked at a school district together and she would go to Buffalo like you know every other month or so to watch Laurier play but she liked to go uh back into like you know the backstage area hang out with the other uh members of the Buffalo Sabres family like she got to meet Gianta when he was there and stuff like that so she was uh in the thick of it over there with Laurier but um and because of that I know a little bit about Laurier and that he is a hardcore Quebecois and he has always been a fan of the Habs so being traded to the Habs was a huge you know, it's a dream come true for the guy. So that's why he's yes. playing his heart out and it shows. And it's very cool. My favorite goal of his was, oh, I can't even think of who it was against. But he scored a goal and he freaked out and he went over to the boards to kind of celebrate with the crowd. And, and nobody kind of followed him. Wiped <laughs> out, <didn't he? laughs> That makes me sad. <laughs> and they were laughing at him after the game and on the bench, and it was just—it was just great. It was just pure joy. Yeah, it's really great. Nicholas Laurier is the man. <laughs> um, we love him. Now, okay, I think we spoke about Nicola a lot, even though we don't want <laughs> wow. to stop about it. Spent a lot of time. <laughs> it has been. No, it's good though. It was something that was not on my notes for tonight, which is mm-hmm. great. Um, i love how you try to keep us like focused and centered and it just never works it's impossible never ever (laughs) it's it's like trying to bottle a hurricane it's it's impossible (laughs) but um so but the things to mention over the past week hey (laughs) oh my god did i really say that (laughs) all right i'm demoting myself somebody else take over i'm out Oh, it's even worse than I know who that Sorry. is and what you were talking about. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. So, so, um, Sorry, I'm trying to stop laughing. <laughs> so a bunch of stuff happened in the past week. Um, we have to talk about uh, Paul Byron winning the Jacques Bouchamp Moussan Award. Yes. Which is I love Paul Byron honor, so much. Incredible honor. <laughs> And to really go through the other awards, Brendan Gallagher did a little bit of a sweep. Molson Cup Player of the Year, incredibly well-deserved with his 30-goal yes. campaign. Now 31. 31. Um, yes. He also was the BioSteel Performer of the Week last week, which is a cool thing that uh, they have to do with the BioSteel things. You know, weekly good players, which is awesome. And, yeah, those two players, you know, thank God for them. They, they had a, you know, a great season despite the season itself being... Uh, you know, rather difficult. 
and I don't know if there's anything more good I can say about them both. They're, they're the best. I love watching them both on the ice. Some of my favorites. I feel like we've probably talked a fair amount about how wonderful they both are mm-hmm. um, already. It does bear repeating because they mm-hmm. continue to be consistently wonderful every single mm-hmm. game. Um, but yeah, I just... The the small but mighty on this team really. Oh, see, that's the thing. Standing up. That makes me so happy is that Paul Byron is exactly my height and almost my <laughs> same weight, and I just think to myself, I'm like, I can do it too, if I was also a speedy McSpeedster. But Maybe you need possible. to get some of the same hats that he has. I just have to get you know, good enough to play in a PTO for the Habs. It'll be great next training camp. Well, I guess. never mind. Like, don't forget these guys. What was uh. Brendan Gallagher, fourth rounder. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fourth uh, rounder, and, and then Paul Byron was a waiver. And he was a waiver. And it's just like what they've been able to achieve wearing the CH, uh, playing for Montreal. I just absolutely love it. And how they both understand, like, they're not putting on an act when they're talking about how important it is to wear the CH. And be mindful of the crest on the sweater and everything else. Like they are two guys that are really happy to be there and really proud to be there. No matter the circumstance would much rather be in the playoffs and have their, you know, combined 51 goals or whatever, but they, they still love to be there and they're proud of, you know, to, to be on that team and to represent that team and to play for the fans and everything else. And I just can't say enough about those guys. And, you know, so Saka Koivu is, as I'm sure everybody knows, my mm-hmm. all-time favorite hockey player. Um, and when Gallagher switched to number 11, I, I'm i sure I found it the other day and I tweeted something about, like, I they had honored Koivu shortly after that. And I was like, I hope that Gallagher is watching this and sees um, how important that number is to this team and what it means to them and how much he needs to honor that as he plays it. And I just feel like he he knows it. He knows what that crest means. He knows what that number means. He, uh-huh. And he fully shows it every single game he goes out there. I have never seen less than 100% from him. And it just, it's it's something when he's been here this long and it still blows me away every game what we see from him. So, never seen less than 100% from that never. guy. Even when he had <laughs> one hand. Even when he had one hand. And remember oh, when he, yeah. when Shea Weber broke his hand? Yes. He <laughs> went on the bench. <laughs> yes. He, he was on the bench and he was like, ah! He was like, ah! And then he turned around and they scored and he was like, ah, ah they scored. You know, like <laughs> the, the Habs <laughs> scored when he was on the bench. He still turned around to look in this excruciating pain and he was yeah. screaming in pain and he was still like into the game. <laughs> like that's quintessential Brendan Gallagher. Yeah. Oh, man. That was it such is. a nasty... A photo too. I remember when someone was like, "Hey, take a look at Brandon Gallagher's hand. It was just mangled. The poor thing." I was like, "Oh my god!" But Mm -hmm. I mean, now he's like uh, the Terminator, essentially, with that hand of his, with all the hardware. (laughs) Poor guy. I mean, he can still play, and you know, God bless him for it. So, last season, um, at the at the end of the season, when there were all those trades, and everybody said, oh, they're Montreal Montreal's looking to add a bunch of grit. And grit was just a word that you kept hearing over and over and over. <laughs> and um, I think even like the hashtag, it's grit fam, went around. But um, everybody kept saying that. And I was thinking, like, what a, what about Brendan Gallagher? Like, yeah, he's like 5'9", but look at Brendan Gallagher. If, if grit 
he's got it. But well, it's because it's a popular thing to make fun of, and people circle okay. around and make fun of it. And it's you know, it's like, oh, but we need guys with more grit, right? Am I right? Ha ha! It's so funny. But like literally what? every draft and trade oh, deadline and yes. free agency and it's every single time, really dull. But gotcha. it's true. Grit is a thing, and you know who's gone on record as saying grit is a thing that he's looking for is Mike Babcock. Interesting. Who I, makes fun yes. of him. Hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, when it comes time, I don't hear anybody making fun of that. But he, it's, it is a quality that they are looking for in in their players. Oh, well, it's the whole, you don't just look for good players. Play against. <laughs> <laughs> hope, hope they have some grit. Oh, that was really bad. I'm sorry. I love Babcock. <laughs> I love listening to that guy. I'm like, man, He's... triple crown, <clears throat> that guy. Good for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, well. Um, so now kind of a, a bit of a 180 uh, past that topic. I really wanted to mention uh, Nikita Sherbeck and how smart he is and how glad he did what he yes. did. Um, I think it was after just this previous game, uh, yeah. after the Winnipeg game, uh, Sherbeck had himself a great game, as usual. He plays hard, mm-hmm. and he's a mm-hmm. fancy, fancy player. Sometimes a little too fancy and cute, but it's like, how old is he? Like, three. I don't know. He's but, so cute. <laughs> how no, can no. he not be cute? Exactly. And uh, But even even that, I don't think he's done that as much, this call-up. You're right, he does get a little fancy sometimes, right. but this call-up, he's been amazing. Like, um, something I wanted to mention is that he reminds me a lot of uh, Galchenyuk with the way like his confidence mm-hmm. with the puck and especially how he dangles very super wide stance whenever he's going into those one-on-ones or like three-on-ones whenever he tries to blow past like three people but um the good thing uh, that I wanted to mention about Sherback is that after the game he had mentioned that he was feeling some concussion systems and he wanted to not play and I remember it was a, a big surprise this morning or yesterday morning with the practice saying that oh yeah Nikita Sherback's isn't playing because he has concussion systems, uh, s- symptoms. Systems. Yeah, concussion systems. <laughs> you said systems. I did, didn't I? <laughs> I also know who John Green is. I'm trying to bottle a hurricane. <laughs> God damn it. Anyway, so <laughs> no, I'm just um, because there's been so much talk about uh, concussions, especially with the Habs. That's good that a player took it upon himself to say, "I'm not right." I want to sit it out, and he's probably not going to play Saturday. But, you know, if he's missing two games, God forbid. I mean, he had a great campaign with the Habs as is, and I thought that was uh, good on him for being so young and mindful uh, of the dangers. It's true, and I think that hopefully speaks to the education going on, not only in the Habs organization, but in the NHL in general, to let players know that this isn't a thing that we play through. This is a thing that we come to medical staff and say, I'm experiencing these symptoms and this is what's going on. Um, like I'm sure he got rocked pretty good by Bufflin. I don't know if, I don't think anybody's pinpointed exactly when this thing happened. Yeah, um, I, I, I didn't watch the game over, but when I was, I remember when I was watching it and I take uh, notes on, um, on the game as, as they're coming and I didn't, have anything down about Sherbeck getting rocked but yes as you were saying it might have been Buffalo and we lost Veronica I'll try to get her back while someone's talking <laughs> um yeah I can keep going so um it was just it was like I said there's somebody else also talked about how um the Habs have had significantly more um I'll say announced concussions this season um than 
any other team. I think they've had six and the next closest team was like two or something like that. And so my guess is that's my hope. I should say, I shouldn't say my guess. My hope is that that is increased transparency in the organization themselves after a slew of maybe not handling things so great in the past, um, but also speaks to the importance that they feel in, in bringing this issue to light in the NHL, in hockey in general and that kind of thing. So um, it was really encouraging that we were told that he self-reported these things and it wasn't um, somebody coming to him. And I hope that's um, the way the future is going to go, that when younger players are noticing these symptoms, that they um, cop to it right away and, and it gets dealt with rather than potentially making things worse by playing through them. I agree. I th- um, oh, one second. Is Veronica back? Oh, I'm back. Awesome. Yay! Okay, go for it, Beth. Welcome back. <laughs> oh, no. I was just going to say that I think that not self-reporting is partially just that partially that the, the players just really want to play because they love the game, but also that they don't want to look weak or bad. And that has led to a, to a lack of self-reporting. But like Ashley said, I hope that this is a harbinger of better things to come mm-hmm. in that department. Absolutely. You're pulling out all the great words tonight, Beth. Good job. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's eight a good plus, word. <laughs> You're unjarring that hurricane of vocabulary of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Veronica, thoughts, or do you not want to speak since you didn't get in until now? <laughs> I didn't catch, you know, about five of that conversation, so I, I'm not sure what I'm commenting on. Uh, uh, eight is so <laughs> You know, it's kind of funny. And I was I keeping track of the, of the proportion, and you nailed it. <laughs> Amazing. But it is, if it is about um, Sherback kind of speaking up and saying, hey, you know, I've got this thing going on, and yes. I've got to look after myself, I'm, I'm really pleased for him because it doesn't – I mean, I understand – but it's not usually the player's instinct to pull themselves out of the lineup. You know, they, they usually still want to go in and battle, but I thought it was very mature of him to mm-hmm. make that call for himself. Absolutely. 100% agree. Yeah. Did you say absolutely? I said <gasps> absolutely. Listen. Oh. <laughs> but we're saying no. absolutely from But I line. like absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's happening. <laughs> <sighs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was the stuff about uh, Sherbet. Oh, I mentioned. Ooh. so Ooh, on that, buttons. this is—it's not really like oh, <laughs> it's not really um, the absolutely thing. But I just wanted to mention that today I was listening uh, to the first part of the hockey game on the on the TSN six ninety broadcast, and I listened to Ooh. the anthem mm. and. That it just made me think of that. The woman who sang Oh Canada sang it very well, but she said, Oh Canada, oh, our no. home and oh, no. I was like, What? Interesting. Wow. Like, not everything starts with an H. You're doing it wrong. Unless it's absolutely. <laughs> right? I wonder if that's like an English to French thing. <laughs> well, or, I guess it's Detroit. They were in Detroit. Yeah, My guess is that she's point. trying to not slam her voice on into the microphone. She's trying to like glide into it subtly that so it's be. not so like ramming sounds into your ear. But yeah. 
<laughs> I, I agree my, with Ashley. That's my speech pathologist perspective on that. Might be because mm. it's um oh good call. I was also thinking since it's a Detroit Rock City, she might be going for that Metallica. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I was knows? I was a choir kid for most of my life, and I agree with Ashley. Oh, nailed it. So nailed that's cool it. too. Nailed that's it. That's really not what you're supposed to do, but I can see why it happened. Okay. That's good. It was just really it's hard to start in a vowel. Yeah, it was hard to ignore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the next topic that I had in mind, <laughs> which is like, oh boy, <laughs> well now I am, but <laughs> <laughs> anyways, moving on from hard vowels, uh, <laughs> something good happened uh, the other night, and with the Kings clinching the playoffs, that means that the Hats' <gasps> fifth round pick has now become a fourth round pick, and I didn't yeah! go into the math of Woo-hoo! it, but apparently that's like 40 or 50 players up, you know, from the draft, and that's pretty significant. Uh, yeah. Um, in the <laughs> end, what happens now is that I believe, uh, crap, this is information that I don't have in front of me, so I have to go off of memory, which is great. Um, they have something like five or six picks in the first four rounds and <clears throat> overall i think they have like oh if i heard this right eight in the first hundred picks or something it, i don't know i if think that's it's it. something think like 47 true, i think it's like 47 picks in the first two rounds or something oh wow <laughs> it's a ridiculous number <laughs> man they nailed it didn't they i have to get cap friendly to double check this just actually. getting a whole new team yeah. which <laughs> is <laughs> Oh, sort of a wants. wealth of uh, it's a wealth of picks that they have not enjoyed since like the 1970s. Yeah. I might be they have nine, wrong, but nine picks in the first four rounds. If this mm-hmm. is up to date, what I'm reading, so yeah, that is totally true. First four rounds, nine picks, which is massive. And I actually think that Detroit is another team that has a glut of picks as well, but. Any other team doesn't matter. What's cool is that the Habs got it because they got Trevor Timmons, and he's going to be a master work with that stuff. And we've got just... to think of the teams that don't have any picks. Who are mm-hmm. who are the teams that have no picks? Uh, like Predators in the fir- gave up uh, their first. Hee <laughs> hee. Um, I think it's the Rangers who have no second round picks. I still. How many years did they go without like a first round pick or something? Yeah, I I might be off by a year, but. I know that there's um... Rangers are doing okay first round first uh uh I'm sorry okay. uh, in this draft I might they be have thinking of somebody one, else four, five, six, seven, eight in the first four they have three first round picks what what that might be the Islanders what the hell is, Cap- is that who you're talking about the, the Rangers <laughs> I'm looking at Cap friendly and I might be reading it wrong but I'm going to double check this in, in another any place. case <laughs> with all of those picks in his pocket. I'm like, that's not going to materialize in players. Like, I, I think that that's going to happen. Like, that draft day is going to, or not draft day. Um, yeah, July 1st is going to be crazy. I, can I think that house fans are going to have to be glued to that set. Oh, for sure. But I can confirm the Rangers do have three first round picks, but they're terrible. Uh, they're picking, currently they're picking ooh, ninth, I think. I'm looking at two websites now. But they <clears> got <throat> Boston's pick and Tampa Bay's pick. And that's from Rick Nash. Oh, and right. Whoever they got out of Tampa Bay, I forget. So those But the important part here right. is that Bergevin won. Mm. 
he won the LA pick and he won the pick back from Edmonton with the Montoya trade. Yes. So those are two things winning like in that regard. And I just got a sharp pain to the heart because we got a second round from Toronto for Plikanet. Um Oh true. So mm. so I mean that's that's a hefty number in the second round there. Um, that is yeah i i think they can i think they can do some damage either way with those with those picks either i think you'll find some good players in there but you could also package a bunch of those babies up and send them off somewhere for something kind of fun i agree um when it comes to the haves moving forward i am very very uh confident that they'll be doing just fine willy-nilly so did we when we're talking about um, accomplishments and achievements, mm-hmm. do, are we going to, would now be a good time to talk about Jesus Price? Harry <laughs> Price? <laughs> yes, I didn't know how to segue into the games because we had like three games to talk about. But So let me, <laughs> let me just mention that first. Um, game 79 against the New Jersey Devils. Uh, didn't go the Habs way. Oh, well. Too bad, mm-hmm. so sad. Next, Winnipeg. This is an important game because it was Price surpassing the great Jacques Plante for the most games as a Habs goaltender, and that is that's a little mind-boggling, honestly, to to kind of throw it out there because it's only yes. okay, only quote unquote uh, 550 some odd games. Seven. Habs, yeah, 557 uh, in a Habs uniform, and. I mean, it's just, it's a Hall of Fame stat. When you're talking about games played and and you're talking about Montreal Canadiens goalies and uh, people always hearken back to Patrick Waugh, of course he won two cups for the Habs, but um, Carey Price has surpassed all of them and he's been out for almost two entire seasons of his career. Exactly. Good point. Like, that yeah. is no small achievement. And he's only 30. He's only 30! Like, he's going to double this number, I feel. Knock on wood. I mean, I'm knocking I'm on every wooden surface in my house right now. Um, mm-hmm. But, my gosh, that's it's an incredible, incredible thing. And I'm super happy at how the Habs acknowledged it. That was a pretty, from what I, the pit, bits that I saw, it was a pretty cool video that they put up. And just... That was one of the moments, one of the rare moments this season that the Bell Center has made me so proud. Oh, for sure. The loud and lengthy ovation they gave him, it just made my heart swell. It made me so happy for him. And when you see his reaction on the ice when he was so overcome with emotion, like he was obviously emotional. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he went and high-fived all of his teammates on the bench. Like, Mm -hmm. we've never seen that before. I don't believe we've ever seen that before. And, you know, his emotion and just the fans recognizing and appreciating his contribution to the club over the years, despite all of the, um, uh, you know, sort of the negativity and, and everything that's been invited upon him all season long. It made me really happy and it made me really happy. It sort of made me so relieved that he still loves us too, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. after, after everything we've put him through. And I feel like, 
you know, people are talking about how how the fans have treated him and and how everything and and how oh my goodness, you know, the the fans are somehow bonding again with Carrie Price, and I'm like, no, no, that we, was such we've never good. left. Mm -mm. That we never left. That salacious narrative is such bogus crap. I can't even get into it the way yeah. that I want to. Absolute garbage. Hated, mm. hated reading that mm. because there's, there's no way mm -hmm. that somebody's gonna be like. Uh, actually, I can imagine somebody saying that because we get plenty of people like, well, why do we trade price? Like, number one, no, sit down, sir. You are hundred percent <laughs> wrong. We're not Jesus trading price Christ. for anything. But like, I'm, I'm looking at the other stats. So yes, uh, price is now the leading goal uh, games played uh, for a goaltender, which isn't gonna be broken for a long damn time. Now I'm starting to think about it because we have price uh, for no. another eight years, you know? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so here's the even more phenomenal stat, if we can even call it that. Price right now is sitting on 270 victories with the Habs. He is third overall in wins with the Habs, and the next up above him will be Patrick Waugh at 289. So that's getting broken that's, next season. That's not that far away. And is it? then number one, of course, is Jacques Plante once again, and he only has only quote unquote three hundred and fourteen victories. So those mm. two records can be broken easily in the next two years. Knock on wood. Which is that's phenomenal. impressive. I didn't even know about that. But when we're knock on wood, yeah, I mean, Kerry um. is he's already a phenomenal, amazing player. Uh, with the gold medals and international tournaments from here to anywhere. But in, in Montreal and in Canada in general, he's going to be, he's a phenom of the position. And there's no way else that you can look at it. And in and, the dreamland, candy land that I live in, mm -hmm. I, I, I sort of hope and wish that in this, again, lost season, that's why he wanted to come. That's part of why he wanted to come back and play because he knew that, or, or not, he knew, or maybe he was made aware, but that that these sort of that this sort of record was there to grab, and he could have done it next season when they, you know, start off forty and zero or whatever it is how they're going to start. Right. Well, he could have done it in this season, <laughs> and I just, you know, I just, I, I, I kind of hope that that's what he was kind of had in mind. Um, in a way two things to add that that feeling about that you had veronica about um oh he still loves us too <laughs> kind of feeling is exactly <laughs> the way i felt when he signed his contract extension it was a yes. total sally field moment is that her name but like, you like us you really like yes. us no matter what you we've done to you you want to stay here and i just <laughs> it was such a huge sense of relief i see a lot of um opposing team fans calling him washed up and old <clears throat> and that kind of thing and i'm like that that smacks of jealousy jealousy first of all yes. you wish you had an all-world goaltender like ours um you wish they had a but, daughter like live <laughs> exactly oh but actually dave that goes right into my next point is that on top of all of these amazing accomplishments he's had for the team brian wilde had a whole thread on it uh, that day, the day of the we love him. game, but he absolutely just, love this, Mr. Wild. He's not only a goaltender yeah. that we love; he's a human being that we love, and he just—he yes. is the reason Jeff Petrie is on this team. He is the reason players will want to come and sign with us because of 
not how not just how he plays, but who he is, the way he treats his team, the way he treats everybody in that city, deserving or not. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just he's a, a wonderful human from everything I've seen. Um, and I'm just there. There's nothing to not like about the whole package that Carey Price brings to the team. And I just am super excited to see him continue to break records for the Habs over the next few years. Break every one of them. And there's a lot of there's a lot of relief too. I think based on you know just to the, the sort of the just nasty horrible things that have happened around this season, and even the national media um, jumping in to say you know he he can't wait to leave. He's just dying to get out. And I'm just like, I, how? First of all, he knew what he was getting into when he signed on for eight years. <laughs> and so I don't think that all of a sudden now he's dying to get out, although it is really disappointing, the shitty stories that were going around about him and the things that they were inventing uh, in Montreal in, in the media circles. Repugnant. But it's like, it's repugnant and embarrassing and it's an it's. It's an embarrassment to me as a Habs fan. But, you know, just to see him, how overcome he was, again, by, by, by the reception that he got and people knowing and having always known just who he is. This isn't what a crowd that was in there that was just deciding to cheer for him for an achievement. They knew, they know who he is and we know who he is. And the fans were not reunited or mending with Carey Price because we never left. And there's a whole thing about the fans who are, the fans and media, the fans, so-called fans, the people in Montreal who, uh, you know, have, they're sort of exhibitionists online trying to melt down and having tantrums online and on Twitter and, and, and screaming about the team and everything else. And, um, as we know, misery loves company. So they get a lot of appeal from the people who think the same way that they do. And then the media who are trying to encourage any sort of rancor against the team, like the, the, the whole outfit at the Gazette that, that was sort of, um, anti-price in in that you know oh how dare he say these things to the media and 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 not talk to the media the way we want him to talk to us right and the sort of insistence Mm. yeah the sort of insistence by the media that um that they're the conduit to the fans talk about entitlement you know fans can watch the game that's all they need yeah it's for me I have to tell you, more and more, the media is not my conduit to the team. <laughs> not even close like, anymore. No. Not even close. Like, you know, just today, the new story about um, Galchenyuk, who, who's getting dragged back into this whole center discussion, which he didn't invite and is not looking for that sort of attention. And it's just like, you know that they're just looking for another another narrative you know how how else can we get the the fan base riled up before the postmortem and we all know what the questions at the postmortem are going to be now like it just i have to say it's not more and more <laughs> as hilarious as it is to you sort sort of uh, contemplate is that i'm looking more to the national media now oh for sure 
because the the mm-hmm. local Montreal media it has shown has shown such bias that they've lost credibility for me. Everything coming out of Montreal in general seems to be very agenda driven or narrative driven or everybody has a purpose behind their story and that's not what I'm looking for when Mm-mm. I want to read news about my team. I want to read news about my team. I want to know facts and I want to hear those kind of things. I don't want to hear why you think this person's an idiot and should be fired. I don't want you to be kind of constantly harping on the same thing and and I appreciate that everybody's human and comes at it with a particular bias, whether it's recognized or not. Um, and like I said, people are human and you, you have those feelings that come with your reporting, even when you try to be objective. But some people I think don't, um, don't try to have that objectivity and try um, to bring in that salaciousness to draw in listeners, because as you say, misery loves company. So let's all complain together and it's funny and hilarious and let's do this. Right. But that's not what I'm looking for. This is a thing I choose to do. We said it before. It's a thing I choose to do for fun. I want to enjoy my hobby, which is watching and following this team. So I'm not going to sit here and purposely make myself angry by reading um, all these things that you think are so terrible about everything that happens there. I'd like to make my own opinions from the facts. For sure. And I do. I have have two (laughs) points about that. I'll start off with uh, Galchenyuk. Um, how terrible of a winger is Galchenyuk? He's an awesome He's winger. He's been freaking awesome, especially <laughs> in the last third season. of the season. It's like, mm-hmm. why do we even want to contemplate playing him at center, where it will just stifle that you know that the the the, the, the greatness that he can bring onto the ice as a winger? For God's sake! Oh my God, it just drives me nuts. And like I said, especially the past. Uh, what like maybe 10 20 games this span this you know span going into uh the off season chucky has really turned it up and it's awesome to watch and it's there's nothing i can't say uh you know, any more praise that i can give to chucky because he's been great that's point 1 i got to take a sip okay <laughs> point Drink two break. when we're talking about the media <laughs> i feel so sorry uh. for people that subscribe to a hopped up opinion website because that's all it is. I don't see (laughs) anything of substance coming out of, you know, a majority of the junk that people share on Twitter. It's all opinion pieces about what should happen and this, that, and the other thing. And it's like, okay, I, I understand that you have the right to throw your words out there, but there's a reason why newspapers have opinion columns because that's where trash Mm. goes. And that's mm-hmm. it. And, I wanna... and will you see it? Sorry, keep going. Sorry. I was going to say, Sorry. I want to hear from Beth about this, about everything we've been talking about. <laughs> How you doing, Beth? I'm well. Uh, I just... <laughs> um, we got off I... on a tangent there. I'm sorry. No, but, it's yeah. okay. Um, as, I've, as I've said before, like I don't really... I follow a few media people on Twitter, but not a lot, and I don't really keep up with a lot of them like there's one person that I really like but they just write for hockey in general and they mostly cover another team so I'm not gonna go into that here but um just I see the I mean you guys share stuff with with us as a group and I see those things and it just makes me less inclined to follow uh, major media people 
Um, and I, I, mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I try to stay informed, but usually I do that by looking at what's on the actual team's website and that's it. Um, good. And there's, I more, mean, there's a couple yeah, of more that's been my case too. Right? That's the only website that matters if you want real information. Get yeah. it from the source. <laughs> get it from them or get it from the players. God. Um, or the, like that, like the, the team's Twitter, the, the players' Twitters, and the players' Instagrams. Like that's where I go for my news. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, then, and every once in a while, like I'll see something and I'm like, okay, like that's interesting news. But and then I'll go double check it somewhere else like that. I So I know it's reputable. But um I just I say I say out of a lot of that just because it's so inf- it can be so infuriating and it makes me upset like when all those rumors were going around about the prices earlier this season I got really upset because we are so privileged with how much the like just the prices how much they share with us as fans Already. and they could have stopped doing that completely especially Angela yes mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. they could have Angela Price, shares excuse me yes she shares <laughs> she shares so much with us in her day-to-day life she and is such lived, a saint. and they could have cut that because of how things were going with the media and I'm glad that she didn't I'm glad that she that we are getting a second chance like just as people who are not in the price family but that could have <laughs> stopped <laughs> and galchenyuk there's something about galchenyuk's spirit and i'm afraid that if people and like he's a strong guy i'm sure i'm sure he's been in the media his whole life because of his job but there's something about his spirit and i'm terrified that it's going to be broken if he keeps being asked these inane questions about something he has no control over he does not choose he's not a center we've already established this he's not a center he's a great winger he's serving us well at wing he's great leave him where he is the their coaches have their jobs for a reason Claude's been with the team for a year a season and there's he still definitely has a lot of things he can and will do with all of the prospects coming up with the prospects get being we're getting in this upcoming draft there's a lot that can be that can that is yet to be seen so people just need to shut up and let the people that have these jobs do their jobs and enjoy the fucking hockey game i'm so sorry <laughs> that just came out <gasps> you you I'm bring sorry. up a, such a valid point. Though, oh like, my god! Do you like know that Angus is listening? I'm so sorry. Oh, oh he hears his fair amount. Don't <laughs> but you bring up such a good point in that I hate when journalists bring this up with Galchenyuk constantly about what position he's not the one who gets to choose where he plays. He has coaches that say, go do this. And perhaps there's some consultation. Perhaps there's conversation. I certainly hope that there is. But in the end, it's not his choice. He's not the one with the autonomy out there to say, no, I'm playing here. So it makes me so mad when they keep, sorry, when they keep bringing it up with him, because this is something out of his control. So if it, if it is for some reason, I don't think personally from everything we've seen and heard that it is something that bothers him being on the wing. I think that's where he wants to be personally. Yeah. But if it is something that bothered him, how are you assisting in this situation? Exactly. Constantly bringing this up to him. Why are you trying to build bad blood there? They just like drama. They just like causing 
turmoil yes. and they want to make things interesting. They want to get the scoop first. And I'm just, it's not hockey reporting. It's, it's not journalism. It's being a jerk. It's not <laughs> journalism. And you look at these people on Twitter, the way that they run their Twitter accounts as well. I mean, you're just using it to, <laughs> to appeal to everybody who's angry because that is obviously, it is the easiest thing to do. Appeal to the people, uh, appeal to people's anger and, you know, all of their tweets and the way that they run, their, they run their social media is just all snarky and snide and cynical. And there's, there's nothing thoughtful or constructive or interesting in the way that they're running things. And the way that this whole Galchenyuk thing, again, like he's getting sucked into this thing, which, you know, it's not helpful to him. It's not helpful to his career. It's not helpful for his relationship with his hockey club. And it's just a way to sort of paint the bat, paint the organization and Claude Julian and ultimately uh, Mark Bergevin and his micromanaging ways as the devil. Like the way that people perceive the organization and the way that it's run as just sort of this sort of malevolent force. Mm -hmm. It's ridiculous. It's Malevolent hockey. Or incompetent. They could go either and, way. Oh, exactly. Incompetent <laughs> because obviously, Mike Mark Bergevin is not intelligent. It, we are to pity him because he's not intelligent enough to understand the things that he has done happened with his team and I'm of the opinion which I've shared with you guys privately before that I think before this season started <laughs> they all knew how it was going to go and with Mark Bergevin's refusal to spend the cap spend to the cap I think that they all knew how it was going to go and they just already were looking towards the next season yes. that might not be you know the most popular thing to hear, but that's my opinion. The probably right down to Carey Price. Yeah, absolutely. And something to add to that, at least uh, in talking about Mark Bergevin and the uh, cap, is that man, what could he have got with the cap this year? There was no, exactly. there was nothing that would that would actually improve the team. It'd be like a lateral move at best, or you know, make it worse. So people that were harping on spending the money, it's like spend the money on what? God damn it! Well, those we are nothing. the people that were those are the we're people at that Costco were at a clearance and let's, nothing's here. Um, <laughs> let's let's buy a defenseman last year at free agency, and we ended up with Carl Elsner, who was probably the best option there. And now they've spent the entire season complaining that Mark Bergevin spent the money on Carl Elsner yeah. like they wanted him to do. So I mean, it's it's always easy when everybody's got hindsight mm. to say hindsight. Well, he, should, he should have done that. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah, and maybe further, he thinks that too. And further <laughs> to that. Point, point, that wasn't the choice at the time, right? Everything's a gamble in this sport. You don't know what's going to happen. Or a You're making lottery. educated guesses. <gasps> Ooh! <laughs> um, no, but something else to mention, too, was that... Uh, crap, crap, crap. What was it that I wanted to say? Oh, no. It oh, it's about Bergevin? No, no, it's about the media <laughs> and how oh. they conduct themselves on oh. Twitter in that they are mm. never wrong. Oh God! Oh, no, God forbid you. Well, and point if it out. they are wrong, no one on no one on Twitter is wrong. And ever. if they are wrong, <laughs> my, myself included, Come it on. becomes <laughs> like a fifteen-thread tweet 
with the 240 characters and it takes them the 14th tweet in that thread to say that they're actually sorry i don't understand <laughs> just say you're sorry if you're wrong yeah my bad i was incorrect about this it's not that fracking hard for god's sake i just don't understand the hubris that these <laughs> schmucks have it's ridiculous well it's like what i say to my kids who are both in high school um this twitter and social media in general represents such a small portion of the whole population like so what i say to my kids is what's going on in high school right now and everything that seems like the end of the world and what so and so is saying that it's popular so and so is or whatever like we're losing you a little bit veronica that's the real world you know high 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 like these 800 people or 400 people or however, wherever you are. And that's not the whole world. And like when you're thinking of Habs fans and, and fans and supporters of the team and people who think of them like family, which do in my heart feel is the majority of us, um, the people represented on Twitter are just the people, say, who are exhibitionists and they like to have these tantrums and they like to provoke these reactions because you know, they, 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 all the likes and the retweets and the response that they get and whatever but it's not it doesn't represent actually who we are as a whole right and i thought who we are as a whole was represented that night that carrie price surpassed jacques plant's uh record for mm-hmm. most yeah. games played you okay. know because i mean like the whole I, social media i feel so sorry i think at our our heart we all start becoming fans of this team because we love them and at some point we kind of lose that way of um we want it to go our way as everybody does for everything and when it doesn't go our way then the blame starts getting placed and then you kind of get angry at things and then it you're all looking at everything with a bias and um it, it's those moments like with prices uh, reaching that new record that um I think we're kind of reminded of why we started loving this team in the first place. It's those people and those moments and those accomplishments that we can all come together to celebrate. Um, so I do agree with you. I think that's the majority of us as fans. And even if it's not our predominant feeling as fans, I think we can all get back there in those moments. And I think it's important to really celebrate those and for everybody to acknowledge that, yeah, that's why we're here in the first place is because we love this team for a reason. Um, and if we don't love this team for a reason, then, you know, Maybe it's time to find another team or another sport. Or yeah, something. Right. Do, do something that makes you happy. Exactly. The complainers are always the loudest. And with the media in Montreal, if you, when you, like, I've, I've heard uh, more than once out of Montreal media that um, what they want to hear from Mark. Right. Sorry, printing paper. I'm so mad. Mm-hmm. Um, what they want to hear from Mark Bergevin uh, either at the postmortem or whenever is they want him to admit that he made a mistake. Right. Like what? Why do you need this? You see this and right, right there you're demonstrating a bias to me and you have lost credibility with me. The other piece to that too is if Mark Bergevin gets up there and says, yeah, I made a mistake by totally. trading this, by trading this player, by by signing this player, by doing this, how does that come back <laughs> on that player he's talking about? He will never 
throw a player under the bus like that. Totally. Because that's it. It may sound to those the media or those um, fans or whatever like it's Bergevin owning that mistake, but that's one hundred percent putting that on that player and he will never do something like that. So no, you're not going to hear him say he made a mistake in that way because that's incredibly insulting to a person who's just put their blood and sweat and tears into this game for 82 games for him. And he will never, ever do that. Yes. He um, didn't even say it about one of the most famous players that he did trade. He didn't say a single thing. There is nothing on the record that he ever said. Exactly. One of his players that he ever did trade. But to make you know, to hear have sounds tell, he completely threw him under the bus and leave his reputation and all the rest. But not a word. He didn't Mm-mm. say a word. He refused nope. to. And I have an <laughs> important announcement. What? What's up? What happened? We're out of time. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think we can wrap it up quick with our three favorite things from the week. So I want to hear three favorite things. Or, well, we, we, well, I mean, four. We no, get, oh, I'm lying. About, okay. I'm lying about everything right now. <laughs> Beth, what was your favorite thing this week? Um, mine was um, uh, Shabak <laughs> and talking about his dog. <laughs> oh, it was God. so cute, and he that? can't. My and he God. can't say chihuahua and his girlfriend Lori was like no 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 because he kept saying chihuahua and she's like no no it's chihuahua it's I will I will send it to you Veronica Veronica you said you missed it yeah I'll send it to you thank you yeah but it was just really cute and funny and he he had on a pink hoodie and he was talking about how his dog has a pink hoodie as well I forget her name but she's this cute dark brown chihuahua Stella yes she's this adorable little chihuahua and he's talking about how she had a pink hoodie too and it was just very cute and he loves that dog you can tell awesome awesome. (laughs) veronica did you have one um i have two um one of them might be old because i've sort of um there's been a lot going on for me so i've been uh, staying away from social media um and uh, haven't seen much, but I had one, which was a picture of Brendan Gallagher um, saying hi to Liv Price yeah. at one oh, of the games. Right. Did you see that picture? Yes, yes. So that was so cute. <laughs> there was that, and then of course the second one, which was the uh, fan appreciation night on Tuesday night at uh, the Habs game, which I also did not watch. But I heard about it, and then I watched clips afterwards, and I, again, felt just this shower of relief that Carrie Price still loves us. <laughs> and that, sure. that was my, uh-huh. yeah, that was my most favorite moment. Um, I had two as well. Um, one of mine also Thank involved you. Liv Price. You guys are just cheaters. <laughs> but, uh, Jesus. When Angela took over the NHL's Instagram oh, stories yes. for that whole day to kind of walk us through what Carrie's game day is like, which was like, an incredibly cool idea and so wonderful of them Carrie to agree naps. to. Um, <laughs> but learning that Liv Price's nickname is the Breakfast Bandit just made me oh my so God, happy. That was so inside. cute. Her little picture stealing his blueberry just stuck with me the whole day. The cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, And as far as the other one, even though they lost in overtime to Winnipeg, that game was probably the most fun I've had watching a hockey game in such a long time. They just 
They didn't give up. There was one point where I thought, you know what? This game's done. It's over. And they just kept battling. And they tied it up. And then they gave up the lead immediately. And then they tied it up again. And I just... <laughs> that's That spirit and that fight in them in game 80 of a season that doesn't freaking matter anymore. It just made me so happy inside. I think I was happier after that overtime loss than I was after the win tonight even. Because it just was such an effort on everybody's part and they fought and they battled for that point. They wanted to get that win for Carrie so badly. Um, and I just, I don't know. I just love that the fight that they've had the last couple games. Um, I guess this whole oh, week, cool. the fight they've had has made me really happy. So yeah, those were my moments. Awesome. Well, since um, you guys took two, I'm going to take two as well. One's has related, <laughs> one is not. So the one that's not related is also a, just slightly old news, but the Golden Knights uh, social media account manager left. Good readings. Yay! Oh, garbage Yay! bag. What a Maybe piece follow of them work. Again. Good riddance. And that's all I got to say about that topic. And now the Goodbye. my favorite part. Yeah, I mean, we were talking about Carrie Price the whole podcast, but my favorite part was, yeah, uh, Price getting due diligence uh, from uh, the Habs faithful and the Habs organization for an incredible milestone that will not be broken for a very, very long time. We witness history, and we're living through it right now. We're in the Price era Absolutely. of the Habs, and that's a good era to be in. Sure. Very is. cool. Mm-hmm. Woohoo! And I think that's it. That's all the time that we have today, guys. Everyone say bye right now. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening in, everybody. Thank you. Have Thank you night. so much. And we'll all see you next week after the post-mortem. Ooh. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm going to be in Vegas, so we might have to record earlier. We've so much fun. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe we'll have <laughs> <up laughs> <and laughs> <laughs> That would be fun. I wish. I got places to crash. I know. <laughs> would your mom like us? Yes. She would love us. Oh, God. I don't even know. Love her, right? Come on. Love me. Love me. Take oh, me or Veronica?